Welcome to another episode of Top Shelf Nerds, the podcast by Nerds Amalgamated, a subsidiary of That's Not Canon Productions. Bucky is still out on assignment somewhere. I promise you we haven't actually lost him. I we don't know where he is, but we haven't lost him. He will be back. <laughs> thoughts and prayers, so, guys. Thoughts and prayers. No, we don't need thoughts and prayers for Bucky. <laughs> He's tough enough to find his own way home. Uh, for the love of God, yes. I hope he, ha- I hope he, I hope he knows. I hope he knows. Yep. So it's just me and the DJ this week. Me being a professor, I don't think I've said that yet. So if anyone's new, you know who I am now. <laughs> Our first topic tonight is Elon Musk and his media rating system. Take it away, DJ. Ah, uh, so basically, Elon Musk has said enough. And is you'll enough have the media roboted. <laughs> so. Basically, Elon Musk is saying that okay, okay, media companies, enough is enough. I will make a company. I will make a company that will do a rating scores for each of these journalist editors and publications. That's what he said on this tw- on, on tweet on Twitter. And he says the service will be called Pravada, which is a Russian for truth. So that's an interesting choice, considering the. Uh whole fake news thing and Russia's involvement with that uh it's uh, i think it's 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 hilarious it, it's hilarious how he's this is, uh, but mind you this is after all these media companies were saying that how um model x was having these disasters a deadly crash for example with, in regards to the autopilot system a worker got injured in, in one of his factories and i think this is just elon musk just snapping just yeah, he's always been. I don't think it's him snapping. He's always been a little bit odd. Yeah, but he was just very angry. Like in one tweet, he was saying that he's sick and tired of this holier than thou attitude from the media companies and how the media has lost its credibility and and blame. And he actually blamed the media companies for the election of Trump. Fair enough. So I I, th- I think he he's onto something. Like I mean, well, he does um. I think it's Ambien. He takes Ambien and then tends to tweet really weird things. None of them <laughs> racist. Not like uh, Roseanne Barr. <laughs> so the um, Santofi medicine, I think. Santofi brand medicines are not known to cause racism, but they do make Elon come up with some really weird ideas. Yeah, but in this day and age, everyone's just now questioning the whole the mainstream media in general. I mean... Like, you would get all these articles which will produce some articles which are very questionable and would just screw up their credibility. Like, CNN well, is the best place you would go to. I don't think it's going to make a real difference because the sort of people who are going to follow the news outlets that are going to be rated untrustworthy already don't believe the sources that claim they're untrustworthy, like PolitiFact or Snopes. Oh, yeah, yeah. I think it's just going to be another one of those, and as good-natured and honourable as his intentions might be, or as dishonourable as they might be, if you think he's hitting out at the media for saying he um, his car sucks or whatever, <laughs> I don't think it's going to make a huge difference to the sort of people who follow untrustworthy media. Yeah, I, I, I know, to be honest with you, I think, um, yeah, I think it should, it, it's, it should, um, Send a warning shot to the. Uh, it's a it's a warning shot to the media company saying, "Hey, you screw up again. We um we're gonna do this because now nowadays people are just scrutinizing everything. 
So even if you say yeah. like one thing out of context, they'll just pounce on you saying, "Oh, this guy said this horrible thing. We, we must, we, we must condemn him." Say and- like I have to edit you out of the podcast every week for. <laughs> uh, I know, <laughs> but yeah, well, uh, but I, I wish that he, do- I wish he'd done this at 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 the media companies at our end because oh, our end media companies are just as trashy as the Americans. Yeah, um, quite a few of them are, but I expect it would get expanded. He's just focused on America because that's where he lives at the moment. Yeah, yeah. I say, turn it down a little. You're starting to peak again. Yeah, sure, sure. Oop, better. Yeah, hopefully. Sure. Cool, cool. But yeah, uh, it's it was hilarious. How it, the hilarious part is how all the news article, all the news companies, journalists, even um, social media influencers were all saying like, oh my God, Elon Musk is now Trump 2.0. Oh my God, he is, he is going to be the next Trump. Oh my God. And that it was happens hilarious. all the time. Yeah, no, it's... He can't be the next Trump because he doesn't meet the requirements for being a US president. Is he though? Like, I mean, he's a billionaire. He can he can fund his own presidential campaign. Yeah, but he's not. Um, I believe you need to be a natural born U.S. citizen to, to qualify. Oh, and right, he's right. South African. Right, 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 right. But still, he's it... a, a an evil genius from a disadvantaged country creating new weapons and technology to enact an evil plan, as <laughs> we saw with the Tesla launch. Where they had James Bond in a spacesuit strapped into the chair. <laughs> oh, that was fun. That was a fun, fun um, live stream. Yeah. But back to the story, though. I think it's it. it this is a warning shot. This is this is just a warning. Right. Uh, I wonder how many media companies are going to go. Okay, we need to smarten up and stop being a bunch of lying pricks. None of them. None of them. The ones that want to can't afford to. The ones that don't want to don't give a shit anyway. Yeah, yeah, sure. Even CNN will go like, eh, it's it's just another million. It's just another rich guy trying to mouth off. They won't do anything. Yeah, but even if he brings it in, journalism is expensive. Fact checking one- is expensive. It's just a lot of money, and the industry can't support it at the moment because of internet news. You mean journalism is one expensive echo chamber where everyone can say everyone has their own opinions, and if they if you question them, they'll well, brand really you as a an echo chamber. Because an echo chamber is a big group of people who all have the same opinion and beat you up for disagreeing. But this isn't really yeah. an echo chamber because there's only like you get much smaller groups. But journalism is a very expensive industry to be part of, and since we've moved to cheaper and free news sources. The industry just can't support the number of journalists that it has in the past. So now it's um, going to be harder to get quality content. Yeah. I wonder which which um, journalism company would you believe, Professor, is the one that's going to have the lowest score? Uh, I'm probably going to rile up some political people here, but probably Fox. Fox? Oh, yeah, I can I kind of agree with you there. Fox does do some very questionable stuff. Hey, pl- the low-hanging fruit when it comes to untrustworthy media, but I think Fox News is the on the lower end of as a mainstream news source. Of course, I can find Jimmy Bob's um fundamentalist Christian prepper community online where 
Jimmy Bob Post stuff about how Obama is the Antichrist and <laughs> the gays are bringing about the end of the world, but I won't count that as mainstream news. Uh, my my tip, my tip, I reckon BuzzFeed. Uh, BuzzFeed's journalism is considered as being all right, actually. The um the shitty articles are there to make money so that they can do the investigations they want to do. Is it though? I mean, is it though? Like. I don't know. Like, I, I get where you're coming from, how they're all clickbaity title. They're all clickbaity titles, Professor. But it's just like after the after the whole pissgate thing, it's just that credibility has just went down the tubes. I have no idea what that was, and I sound like I don't want to know. <laughs> uh, long story short, Buzzfeed um, got an article, got a journal article, got got this um, got a report from a very dubious source about Donald Trump in Russia doing some very shady stuff with prostitutes. And oh, uh, just a bit where they said that he peed on uh, Obama's bed. You mean Trump's bed? Well, no, Obama's bed because he went to the. The story is that he went to a hotel in Russia where the Obamas stayed when they were visiting Russia. And hired <laughs> prostitutes to pee on the bed because he was that disgusted with Obama. <laughs> I haven't heard that part before, but I did hear about the okay. prostitutes peeing. But <laughs> oh man, oh that must have been scary. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, that was the one. Well, I reckon that'll come up one day if it's true. Give it a bit <laughs> of time. As soon as he's uh, less popular and Putin decides, let's uh, take a shot at Trump. Then. There's no reason to hang on to it because you bet that the um you can bet that the the Russians keep their embassy hotels and stuff bugged. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. Uh, I expect that if it happened, there is video footage, and we will see that one day <laughs> as soon as the Russians have enough of Trump. Oh, that would be funny if that happens. It would. <laughs> ah, that ah, that would be a painful sight to watch. Oh. I, I wouldn't want to watch it. Uh, the news agencies would be happy to. Oh, yeah, they'll be smiling. <laughs> they Meanwhile, would... Trump would be on Twitter saying, of course I never pissed on a bed. <laughs> Hashtag fake news. Yeah, uh, we hear they added new Pokemon to uh, Pokemon Go the other day. Oh, yeah. Fake news. They... <laughs> oh, God damn it, Professor. God damn it. <laughs> they are actually real in Pokemon, though, in Pokemon Go. I think. Yeah. I haven't seen it because I'm stuck on the challenge to catch ghost Pokemon. Ah, <laughs> uh, Pokemon Go. I that game. tons of them up until I got to that level of the challenge. <laughs> Pokemon Go, that ch- that game will never end. No, I doubt it would end anytime soon. It's a, a hugely popular format, and even though it doesn't live up to the um, ridiculous popularity it had, what, two years ago now? It's yeah, still... Still insanely popular. I actually uh, was out tonight earlier hunting Pokemon, going to raids with some people, just because it's fun to get out and hang out with people and walk around catching things and all of that. So do you take it one step at a time when you catch Pokemon? Excuse me for a minute. Uh, Where's the kick button? (laughs) I can't kick him. (laughs) I can eat him. Okay, now it's just me. So, moving on, our next topic is the Great Barrier Reef. A report has come out saying that there's been five near-death experiences in the past 30,000 years for the Great Barrier Reef, which gives a little bit of hope that the current one isn't as bad as this doom and gloom as people are saying it is. Have you calmed down yet, DJ? Yes. Okay. Yes. 
Well, so what do you think? Do you think it's as doom and gloom as they say it is? Uh, well, people have been... News articles have been all saying, like, oh, coral bleaching, this will be the the newest wave of coral bleaching, is we'll kill the barrier reef once and for all, and... Uh, I don't know, it doesn't sound like doom and gloom from what I'm reading. Yeah, it's, um, I... The way I understand it is that the whole thing is going to get, like, going to get wiped out, but there's a chance of a rebuild if we manage to stop conditions getting worse. It looks like, um, from the article, there's been issues where the, the reef has grown and shrunk based on the conditions, but, uh, the... The reason it survived is because some little part of it adapted and managed to grow and reach the surface and get enough sunlight to keep living. But I'm not sure it can keep up with what's happening now. Like, if scientists can find a way to accelerate the growth of coral, then there might be hope, but... Yeah, still there. I'm reading it as well, and they're saying, in 2016 alone, the hottest year on record globally, 67% of corals died. Along yeah. the northernmost seven hundred kilometers of the seven hundred kilometers of the reef, uh, it's pretty crazy. Sixty-seven percent. That's ah, uh, that's a mind-boggling number. Yeah, it makes it seem like there's no hope for it. Yeah, but you hear stories of like how scientists are now. Scientists have found a way to um, deal with the whole heat waves and in the ocean yeah, and whatnot. The question is if we can get that done before everything gets worse. Because the thing is, it's uh, struggling along, like you said, 67% of it died in one year, but uh, 30% of it survived and was enough to keep it going for another two years now. So can it keep going and grow back before the next big event? Hmm. At this rate, I I <laughs> hope so. I'm, I, I want to be optimistic and say, yes, I hope so. But you know, the odds are stacked against them. Yeah. Been snorkeling at the reef and it's absolutely amazing. So I hope it's um, still there for for a long time. I do remember one time when um, Barack Obama came to um, was it yeah U- um, University of Queensland and how he did a whole talk about how the, um, he wishes the Great Barrier Reef to be there for his grandchildren at one stage. Well, yeah, it's um, the the natural wonder of the world. Yeah, yeah. Although the sad part was he was immediately shot down by our politicians saying that foreign politicians should not have a say in in local issues, which was yeah. kind of stupid. I mean, uh, yeah, I wouldn't count that as really like trying to force his views on anyone. I, if he said it the way you said he did, then I just see that as him saying, I love how beautiful things are here. I hope it's the, I hope I can bring my kids one day. Like, I just see that as an acknowledgement of how great Australia is. Yeah, uh, precisely, precisely. But uh, I, I hope it survives for the next yeah. for the next few years. But given how everyone's um, saying climate change is going to be climate change is going to be a big big problem in the next ten to twenty years, or is it fifty years? It, I know it's it's a very it's it's, it's a, a problem now. Yeah. In the meantime, a, I'm moving to Wasteland where I can. Stay cool without ice, air conditioning for the next ten years, <laughs> and watch uh, and watch Aurora Borealis countless amounts. Oh, I of time. wish. <laughs> you remember I I went to Iceland last year. Yeah, yeah, I remember. Yeah, my last night there, I saw the faintest touch of the aurora. Ah, uh-huh. 
I'm just so close to seeing more of it. I just want to go back and see it again. Oh, I should have taken a photo of it. It wouldn't have worked. It was like looking at a uh, a wisp of cloud. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. That would that would be that would that would be impossible. Yeah, I mean, I'm very happy I had the opportunity to see just that little wisp of it. But I saw a photo the other day that was so amazing. It was like. Right, I know I'm unemployed, I know I don't have any savings, but I wish I could jump on a plane and go see it right now. <laughs> well, you could also go to Canada and see it as well. Yeah, yeah, I'm not so much a fan of Canada, though. No. They beat you up with the hockey sticks if you make them upset. And I <laughs> throw you in a volcano. It's a faster death. Oh, yeah, yeah. Not to mention you might get beaten up by the Canadian Mounties. Oh, yes. <laughs> uh, but, hey, like... I do wonder, have... though, yeah? we're getting to the point where the tropics are starting to heat up and get unsafe during summer. Yeah, yeah well. I wonder at what point, like, we're, it's already sort of starting. There's a lot of wars going on there, which are causing refugee waves. But I wonder how long until we get huge waves of climate refugees. Like, at well, Tuvalu, I think is how you pronounce it, is about to go underwater from climate change. You, you mean... The, the... Rem- you mean the Kiribati Islands? Yeah, they um those ones too. I think there's a uh, like a couple of island nations that have are expecting to go underwater in the next couple of decades and yeah. uh, coming up with contingency plans and where they're going to run away to. Yeah, I did remember a court case once where um some guy from the Kiribati Islands went to New Zealand as a climate change refugee and he was denied refugee status because of the because of that. And it. I said Kiribati Islands refugee New Zealand. Yeah. So um even though my dream is to live in a cold place where I don't need to get sweaty in summer, uh it's um gonna heat up, literally. That's the one, Kiribati Island. That's the one. Okay. Yeah, hang on a second. It was three years ago. He's been ordered to leave New Zealand. <coughs> he must leave New Zealand. Um yeah, he was he was dubbed the world's first cl- climate change refugee and did he leave or is he still there like the uh did they ever find those cameroon um athletes i think they did i think oh, was it Niger- i think it was nigerian as well was it yeah it's nigerian the, uh, the african athletes who ditched their teams after the um after the games and decided they were gonna hang around here for a bit <laughs> and nothing was ever spoken of them there we are. That's the link. It's on link we posted on the show notes, guys. But yeah, uh, yes. the world's first climate change refugee. That must be a title. That's one heck of a title. Yeah. I mean, it's uh, sort of jumping on the, like, trying to be the first one on the bandwagon. But I guess you're going to have to because by the time everyone realizes it's uh, shit's hit the fan, time to get out, it's going to be too late to get refugee status in a lot of places. and. It's going to just keep getting worse from there. Yeah. You reckon we'll ever see what? Um, you reckon we'll ever see like um, very dangerous climate change events, like in those disaster movies, like Day After Tomorrow and whatnot? Not anything like that. That's yeah. all just ridiculous fantasy stuff. Yeah. Uh, what I do expect to happen, if um, like based on articles I've read, my prediction for climate change would be to end up with a band around the equator, which is basically uninhabitable because it's so hot yeah. and you'll get uh, huge cyclones and storms in that area. So it'll be 
a, a massive band of um, risky weather. And I've got to wonder how that will affect international trade because at the moment everything comes from China, which is across the equator. <laughs> <laughs> if uh, if the equator turns into like Cape Horn in Africa, it was regarded as um, I think it was Cape Horn in Africa. Yeah, regarded as the most dangerous patch of ocean in the world. I uh, I don't want to know what happens if that becomes an issue over the uh, equator because we could end up completely cut off or having to spend ridiculous amounts of money to get goods on the few ships that do bother to cross the, the tropics. Oh, man. <laughs> that would be... Like that's all extreme sci-fi stuff, though. We don't have to worry for another oh, six months. <laughs> It's like six yeah. months later. We're d- six months later. Uh, how hot is the sun? Uh, it it, it would be like this would be like birds and the cats would be looking at us right now, saying, "We're gonna eat you now." Oh, they deserve to. We've screwed up enough. <laughs> Give them a chance. No way, they can't because they don't have opposable thumbs. Superior race. <laughs> oh, someone's gonna take that out of context. <laughs> Someone's eventually going to do that. I have a job interview next week. This is going to be a disaster. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's just too... Anyway, before I dig myself any deeper, let's move on to the next topic. (laughs) Where PUBG is suing Fortnite for ripping off the Battle Royale genre. Uh, Yeah, so basically... The um. Oh, sorry. Uh, I just realised I missed the um a tie-in I had to my last topic. Uh, oh yeah. I found uh, <laughs> while I was researching that, I found an article about Tibbles the cat, who was a cat on Stevens Island, who managed to wipe out an entire population of birds and uh make them extinct. What? What? Wait, was this one cat? Yep. One cat. It was a small island with a very small population of Stevens Island wrens. And because the population was so small, bringing the cat in, which the birds had no natural defenses against, it just tore through the tore through the population, ate oh all my. of the birds, sent them extinct. It's uh, the, it was the final like nail in the coffin, though, because it was uh, native to New Zealand up until the Europeans arrived and invasive species wiped it out. But then in, um oh, there might be a mistake in the article there. Yeah, Tibbles lived more than 100 years ago, but later on it says 1984. There's a typo, it means 1894 in the article. <laughs> um, uh. So the bird lived all over New Zealand. In 1894, the Europeans had wiped it out on the mainland, but uh, Steve, there was a population on Stevens Island, and um, a lighthouse keeper and a cat moved to the island, where the cat decided, right, Birds are delicious, let's kill them. <laughs> and it was uh, literally uh, just before they were discovered as a new species of wren. Oh, well, I really hear legend has it that shortly after establishing themselves on the island, Tibble started bringing dead wrens to her owners as presents. Oh. Yeah, that's what cats do. As if you oh, hear no, it, some cats... people think that they, uh, they do it to teach you to hunt because they bring you a dying animal and they're like, right, finish it off. Ah, <laughs> but still, my God, that's uh, yeah. So, th- so kids, this is the this is the reason why they say do not bring foreign op- foreign plants and and stuff into other 
countries. Yeah, so I'm I'm happy that we have such good customs here, Professor. Yeah. Oh, you were you were. I thought you were robotting for a second. Okay. Well, well in case um, the record missed it, I was saying that's why I'm happy we have such good customs in Australia. Coming back in from uh, from Europe, we were basically interrogated about where we'd been, what we'd done, made sure that everything was clean. So, uh, yeah. A big deal here. Just reminds me of um of the one of those old Steve Irwin ads years ago about with quarantine when he says quarantine matters don't muck with it. Yeah, do you remember the one where he was hunting the uh, the pool cleaner? I don't think I remember that one. Uh, it was um Steve Irwin was like creeping through the jungle and then he ran out and turned out it was someone's garden so he dived into the pool and grabbed the um. The pool cleaner and started wrestling like it was a croc. <laughs> what? Oh, yeah. that that must be one heck of a lawsuit. No, it wasn't a lawsuit. It was a scripted ad. Oh, that must have been funny. That must have been funny. It was. Uh, anyway, the um, next topic we had was about PUBG suing Fortnite. Yeah, so basically, um, a Korean company, the Korean company PUBG, which is a subsidiary of Bluehole, which are the the creators of PUBG, if my memory serves me right. Yeah, so so um, the history is a bit complicated, but this guy, player unknown, Brendan Green, created a concept inspired by stories like Battle Royale, which was a, a Japanese movie, and I think the, a manga before that. Yeah. And Hunger Games, and that sort of concept. Uh, I'm not sure if it predated Hunger Games or not, but he put together a, a mod for a game based on it. And as the years went by, it got ported to other games by him and other people. And eventually he got picked up by Blue Hole, who asked him to make PUBG, which got so popular they split off into a separate company called PUBG Corp. Yeah. And that's based in Korea now. Yeah. Yeah. So that company is now suing, um, filing a lawsuit against um, Epic Games in Korea. And it's, it, it, I think we all saw this coming. We all saw it coming. Well, they've been planning it for quite a while. Yeah. Uh, uh, they're saying that um, the, f- that, oh. What? Professor, prof- oh, yeah. So they were saying that. Um, okay, go on. Um. In September, the firm the firm um, added that uh, the free-to-play Battle Royale portion into the game, provoking plagiarism controversy and allegations that it copied Battleground items and the user fa- user interface. Um, so it's basically they plagiarized certain materials from PUBG into Fortnite, basically. Okay. Are there any specific items, like the frying pan or anything like that? Uh... <laughs> it's the frying pan, like, it's a classic cliche, but... Now it's sort of iconic of PUBG. Um, they haven't really said much. It was just basically the um the the name itself, like Fortnite Battle Royale, and okay. bas- and like certain battleground items and UI, basically interface and a couple of items. But they didn't say they didn't specify which items per se. Yeah, I'd like to know what items because I don't think Fortnite has vehicles, and uh, the um all the weapons in PUBG are based off real things. Well, recently, I think Fortnite came out with a trailer uh, saying that, oh, you can drive the sh- trolleys. Oh, yes. the uh, Yeah, putting in shopping trolleys. And I think we've lost a DJ at the moment. But oh. uh, 
they were adding shopping trolleys to the game. Oh, I'm back. Yep. Okay, great. But um, yeah. yeah. I don't know what items are specifically unique to PUBG. Maybe the plane drop, maybe? Yeah, that would um, kind of make sense. The um, the Battle Royale stories that it's based off, they, um, well, both Battle Royale and Hunger Games start you in a central location. The key difference is really that Battle Royale has zones that get marked as off-limits, sort of like the Red Zone and PUBG. And I don't know if that happens in Hunger Games. I haven't actually read or seen it, but I know that from playing the mods for Minecraft, actually, that uh, Hunger Games starts with everyone around a central point that has a bunch of loot so you can loot or run away. Whereas yeah. the Battle Royale starts you with random loot, except for the games where you have to pick everything up as you go. Yeah. Uh, the one, the, the two things that plagues, that um, confuses me about this one, one is the timing of this whole thing. I mean, this is what, this is before E3, mind you. This is around E3 time where people will be... Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. I mean, yeah. trailers. And th- that's PUBG one thing. Are and ta- Epic going to E3? I hope so. I mean, if they've got anything, if they got anything well, big coming up. Here it is. Uh, just a confirmation of when it first came up. They filed the suit in January. So oh. it's uh, quite a while now. So I don't think it's a um, specifically a before E3 thing. I think it's just come up in the news again. Yeah. So I think this is just a continuation, but we just figured it's just the timing now. Now it's just funny. And okay. the second thing that also is confusing me is how PUBG created this game. And then um, the creator, I think, as, a, as far as I recall, that he said, like, okay, create other versions of this game. And make it your own, and then Fortnite comes out and gets more popular than PUBG, and PUBG's going, hey, you plagiarized us, we're suing you now. That makes sense from a business perspective, because uh, Brandon might not have been allowed to say what he said. Huh. But- Although, uh, it would be funny now if the, the author of Battle Royale came out and sued PUBG, because PUBG is obviously a, a tribute to Battle Royale. The uh, The frying pan was a joke weapon in uh, the movie, yeah. Uh, so everyone starts with a bag of loot, and they uh, get sent out of the um, the starting room and get to run off and hide or whatever, like one at a time, <laughs> five minutes apart. But and they uh, get random weapons. Got, yeah. So some people got swords, some people got guns, and then one guy just pulls out a frying pan. <laughs> and on the uh, the loading screen, a couple of the characters are obviously based on characters from the movie. They have the uh, the teacher who like coordinates it, and the um, schoolgirl wearing the same sort of uniform. Did you Did you ever watch the mo- the Battle Royale movies? I've seen the first one. Yeah, the, the second first one, one didn't get good reviews, so I never bothered. I th- I saw the first one. The second one just looked uh, looked weird, but they should have continued on with that franchise. But um, the first one, I the one scene that will make me cringe 
the entire time was there's a one certain scene where this woman and a man are fighting against a nut um, for the, for one knife, and the woman grabs the knife and stabs the stabs um, the guy in the special spot. And okay, was, then. <laughs> that 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 uh, mind you, I saw this in the, in the library with a couple of other guys, and when they all let's see, they all started crossing their legs. <laughs> As you wouldn't, because you're a robot, so you have no need of that. <laughs> uh, seriously, that in was a, a library, very scary scene. That movie's like R eighteen. Why would you watch it in a library? Hey, it was hey, it was it was a public library. Okay, it was it was the only DVD left. Okay, then. I said I could say why not, <laughs> but it, but but that being said though, um, I just hope that some lawsuit gets settled, or else it will turn into something as ugly as the iPhone Samsung battle. Yeah, I also think it will set a important precedent on copywriting game mechanics. Because uh, how many times has a game done something and then been superseded by a game that does it better? Uh, too many times? Yeah, so I hope it doesn't let uh, big companies bully smaller ones into shutting down their games if they're too similar. Yeah, but yeah, I think this will... This, I don't know whether it will be a big elephant in the room with E3 coming up or... I may don't not me. think so. Yeah, yeah. I don't think... Um, I haven't heard of either Pub- PUBG Corp or Epic going to E3, and it just doesn't seem like um, it'll be something that'll come up anyway, unless we, we throw the uh, the PUBG people and the Epic people into the showroom and get them to fight to the death using props. <laughs> that would be hilarious. Very bloody. <laughs> hey, those Minecraft well... shorts aren't exactly sharp. They're made of foam, but... You can probably do him some damage if you hit someone over enough times. Uh, anyway, uh, that would be painful. What's the latest on loot boxes? Okay, so with loot boxes, so the um, Entertainment Software Association president, Michael Gallagher, has, uh, has basically defended loot boxes uh, in a recent address saying that um, the effort to lo- regulate them as a form of gambling is will challenge our industry's freedom to innovate basically and 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 this is to and impairs our abilities to continuously test new business models which drive creativity and engagement with our audiences which i think is is really really bull crap i get where he's coming from but it sounds like marketing speak for we want to be allowed to screw people because that's what loot boxes are designed to do at the moment. Yeah, yeah. I'm happy uh, to see people experiment with different business models because uh, if it means more game companies can be sustainable, let it let them do it. But then we get the exploitive uh, loot crates from people like EA. Yeah, and he also states that um, he he also states that he also also called for continuous self-regulation rather than loot blocks le- legislation pointing out that the ESRB's relatively quick implementation of in-game purchases label as evidence that the system works. So, I think that's it, it's a good idea to have it on labels, but yeah, I don't I know how... I don't agree with that. I don't think that it's evidence the system works because the rating system doesn't work. No, it doesn't. 
Like even a five year old, even a seven year old kid could still go. Okay, even though it has in game purchases, I will still buy it. Yeah, and uh, legally, if something has in game purchases and the ESRB or whatever ratings body you're looking at, like in Australia, the uh, the Bureau of Classification, uh, I'll use that as an example because I don't know what the exactly how the other systems work. But if um if they had if they had a, a game that was rated M15 with loot boxes, people would still buy it for their six-year-old kids. If you look yeah. on Reddit, you see a lot of people who work in game stores saying somebody came in and bought GTA, which is R18 for their six-year-old. So I don't see it as an effective system for uh, really protecting people from it, which you can yeah. argue it's people screwing it up. But um, I think some like there's not enough education for how the system works for parents hopefully that'll change though now that the gaming generation is getting old enough to have kids and what what's really annoying it now is how the government started started intervening as well Uh, they've been intervening the whole time actually i have a lot of things i could say about how i don't like the bureau of classification but that would take about three hours to get through (laughs) <laughs> but with but then with the government's intervention, with go- various government organizations all intervening into the whole loot box fiasco, um, Gallagher writes, "We can't let the lowest common denominator of government around uh, around the world make this um, go around st- making a standard to the rest of the world to li- to live by and limit the trajectory of the industry." So he's basically saying, "Oh, um, governments should not intervene into the gaming sector; they have no right." Which I I guess I, I agree with him on that on that point. Yeah, uh, though, again, the Bureau of Classification already intervenes. We still have games getting, even though we have an R18 rating, we still have games getting banned in Australia for being too explicit or violent or gory. Yeah, but in terms of like um, intervening into how, how um, game companies should earn money and stuff, though, do you reckon governments should come in, though? Well, if I said they shouldn't intervene, would that mean that they can't have arts funding programs like we used to have here? Mm, maybe. Either way, I think what should happen is there should be regulation for exploitive practices. We know that a company like EA is going to abuse the, uh, the trust and goodwill of gamers to sell loot boxes on a, a game that people already paid 60 bucks for. Yeah. So I don't trust the industry to self-regulate there. Yeah, although the funny part about this, he was saying that um, at the end, by he concluded by saying the conclusion has been reached. In other words, that this game mechanic is not gambling by Entertainment Software Ratings Board in the U.S., uh, by New Zealand's Gambling Authority, and by UK's Gambling Authority. Okay. So uh, it's it's hilarious. Like you've got a couple of other countries are saying that yeah. nah, this is not gambling versus. A majority of the world. Sorry, say that again. It's like saying, oh, okay, only a handful of com- countries are, are um, saying this is not gambling versus the rest of the world saying this is gambling. Yeah, and uh, the ESRB is, I believe, an industry body. It doesn't yeah. have any government oversight. So they're going to do what's best for the industry, what they think is best. And I'm not sure exactly who's in the ESRB, but if it's... Anything like the uh, the FCC, where the people running it are people who were former employees of the companies involved, 
then I can see them having a few conflicts of interest there. Yeah, well, I think this, I think this one will definitely be the biggest elephant in the room with E3 coming up soon. Yeah, uh, it'll be interesting to see what games have um, have loot boxes. Speaking of which, uh, Battlefield One didn't they say they weren't going to be doing loot boxes for that? Uh, you mean start with Battlefront? Battlefield. Oh, Battlefield. 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 What are they um, calling the new one? Battlefield Five. Battlefield Five. Battlefield Five. Yeah, Battlefield Five won't have loot boxes, but um, yeah, I, I think um, EA's. I reckon EA is going to be booed heavily in the, in E3 this year. I don't think they've learned because uh, they said we listened, we took the loot boxes out of Battlefront, and then went and put them back in. <laughs> oh no! But temporarily, it was it was a temp. They took it out temporarily, and then they put it back in. And people, people, more people started complaining. Then they took them out completely. Okay. Did they change what they um? How they worked for the second attempt? I don't think they did, but yeah, it was. Okay, well, I'm a little bit more optimistic then, but we'll be uh, watching that live, so we'll know when um as soon as everyone else does. Yeah, uh, I, I guess I want to. I want to see how many games companies are going to suffer now because of this. Oh, probably none. None of them. Yeah. EA will say they're suffering, but they're still hugely profitable. Yeah. But anyway, uh, let's save the uh, E3 discussion for later. Our next topic is that Guillermo del Toro has been recruited by Netflix to make a horror anthology series called 10 Minutes to Midnight. Ooh, that'll be fun. Uh, sorry, 10 Minutes Past Midnight, or 10 Past Midnight, just 10 Past Midnight. Uh, 10 Minutes pa- ten Past Midnight, that'll be, that's an interesting yeah. se- title. Uh, they have two different titles for this in the, um, in the, the article. Guillermo del Toro presents 10 After Midnight and 10 Past Midnight. <laughs> so someone's what? <laughs> yeah. I like the idea though because he's a um he's a great director and uh and anthology horror is something we're not really seeing a lot of in the last couple of years. But I, I agree with you there. He's he's good. He's a good artist. He's a good director. He can he can make yeah. wonders like he did with Pan's Labyrinth and The Shape of Water. Two beautiful I've movies. Been... Yeah, hopefully this will be better than the um, the Twilight Zone reboot from a few years back. Which movie? Twilight Zone. Oh it's yes, an anthology yeah. series. Oh yeah, I remember that one. What, what was Imagine that? Imagine a world where it sounds like I'm speaking with some mouthful. <laughs> where there's a thing and it does a thing, and yeah, you know uh, the parody from Futurama, the scary door. Oh yeah, yeah, and then there was that movie yeah. um, where there's a song as well. Oh, yeah, that was that a, a, is that the that, um, that was a what's the fun, theme for that? Was that was that the Twilight Zone theme? Yeah, that was the Twilight Zone theme. Yeah. Okay. It it almost sounded it sounded a little bit like Kill Billish. You remember that um the siren scene? Like I haven't actually seen that. Ah, uh, fair enough, fair enough. But um, with Del Toro, this will be uh, this reminds me of I don't know whether you've seen the Professor um the the series called Penny Black. I don't think I've heard of that one. Oh, that's a, it was an old, I think this came, that came out, Penny, is it Penny Black? Was Penny Black? Oh, Penny Dreadful? Wait, I think second. that was one recently. Yeah, that's the one, Penny Dreadful. Yeah, Penny Dreadful. That was the, um, that was the, it was an anthology horror series. And that was a really scary one too. Okay. I'll have to check that out. Mm-hmm. Penny Dreadful. Yeah, yeah. it came out. Anyway. It came out in 2014, but yeah. 
Oh yeah, I remember it got cancelled last year. I think. No, it was I ended. People... It officially ended. Okay. I remember people talking about it, and I meant to get around to watching it, but I never did. Yeah. Anyway, uh, let's move on to E3. Oh, E3. So far, the uh, main ones I can think of are Battlefield Five and the new Fallout one, which uh, we were going to talk about. They had a 22-hour live stream of a puppet and a toy, and um, I think people <laughs> were moving them around every few hours, but they had a live stream of that for 22 hours and then dropped the, the trailer for Fallout 76. I'm hoping uh, it follows on from the story, the cliffhanger in Fallout 32, but I don't think it'll compare to Fallout 67. What was it? What was it? We have Fallout 3 and then now Fallout 76. Where did all the... Where did 73... Fallout 4. Did, well, for, yeah, we have Fallout 4 yeah. and then Fallout 76. Although that's like Fallout 7 because there's Tactics and Brotherhood of Steel and New Vegas. Uh, there, but there are some other trailers that have been out, like uh, Space Hulk Tactics, for example. Oh, Space Hulk. That's the, the Warhammer 40k one, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, what the else first is one there? of them was good. Yeah. Um, World War Three, the the game. I... um. I assume that's a survival game inspired by what's going to happen in the next six months. Probably, yeah, probably. Uh, Mega Man 11, for example, that's also came out. Although Mega Man's done a better job of counting to 11. <laughs> um, the anime is World Seeker. Sorry, uh, cut down again. Oh, sorry. Uh, for the anime gamers, uh, One Piece World Seeker, that's out. That's coming, that's also, the E3 trailer has came out. Um, what else is there that would that would be pretty good? Um, there's not. Uh, there what do is. What you think of this though? Uh, releasing all your trailers two weeks before E3. I'm not a huge fan. Uh, releasing trailers before before a big event. I think it's just trying to tease. It's it sounds like revenue raiser kind of thing. It's a hype builder. But now, what are they going to do for E3? Like, unless I've got a longer trailer, the uh, the Fallout 76 trailer was already decently long it's i think two minutes long i know only a minute 30 but well, most of these trailers like i i preferred the days when you'd uh find out on the day what was happening at e3 yeah yeah uh, but then there Even are some a couple of years ago with fallout where yeah. they did just the barest of hints and then they were like <laughs> surprise the game's coming out in two weeks but one one thing that's interesting though is how um like one recent trailer came up this morning prior to this recording was um the new Assassin's Creed. Oh yes, Assassin's Creed Odyssey, which yeah. you thought was Roman. I thought it was Roman. <laughs> you Even were saying it's clearly Greek. Hey, with Assassin's Creed, there is one thing that's common with all those Assassin's Creeds, and that is There's which Assassin's. empire. Yeah. Oh well, more mostly more which empire. Um, was it was based on so it was Assassin's Creed Origins was the Egyptian Empire which was the mightiest at the time. You had Assassin's Creed Syndicate which was the Industrial Revolution. Yeah. Um, so uh, Greece is uh, an interesting place to go for it though. You reckon? So you think it's um another? So you reckon it's Greek? I reckon it's Greek. It's pretty obviously Greek because the Odyssey, Homer's Odyssey, yeah. was um was it Homer's Odyssey? But yeah, yeah it was the Homer. Odyssey was is a famous Greek story. The The teaser trailer is a guy Spartan kicking someone, and they're wearing Greek-style armor. Yeah. That could be... That's plausible, yeah. yeah, yeah. Although that, that the problem would be, though, uh, as I was reading a comment, was... So, this is before... So, is 
is this going to be serving as another prequel to Origins then, or is this going to be... Does anyone even care about the plot in these games anymore? <laughs> oh, yeah, good point. All they care... Well, some do. Some do care about the story. Some care about the story. But, uh... So. Yeah, but... Yeah, I agree with you there, but, um... The one thing that's gonna it's the other thing that really annoys me with um with the E3 trailers is I agree with you that it's a week before E3 comes out and two weeks oh, is it two weeks? Oh, okay, my mistake. Yeah, as of recording, um, it's the uh, the first of June and the first show isn't until the tenth. Okay, so a week and a half, but yeah. it's still a long way ahead. Yeah, but ah, oh, it's just annoying. I wonder how many more trailers I'm gonna see before now until. The minute, the minutes before midnight of E3, how many more trailers do you reckon? So the things that are going to come out or be announced. Yeah, which um, which um, speaking of E3, which um, which company do you reckon will will shine the most? I think Square Enix is a strong offering from um things that were already announced. Mm-hmm. Uh, not sorry. Uh, yeah, Square Enix. They uh, they've got Octopath Traveler which they've already announced, which is they're going to be their sort of return to the um, return to the JRPG style. Mm-hmm. And it's I've played the demo and I really enjoy it. So I'm hoping the uh, the finished products like that. Yeah. I, I think Nintendo I think Nintendo will shine as well. I think they'll need something more substantial than Pokemon Let's Go. Because the the other thing that they announced the other day when they held that conference was um was another Switch Pokemon game which is already out. Yeah, Super uh, Smash. I'm hoping uh, we'll find out. Well, no, not Smash Brothers. It's Pokemon. Ah, uh, okay. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah, that's right. The... It's like a cross between Pokemon and uh, what's that game? Cube World. I, I think, think... I, I've got my Switch here. I'll have a look. Yeah, Pokemon <laughs> Quest. It's basically a cute little cubic Pokemon. Mm-hmm. Looks like shitty pixel art made in Minecraft. Hmm. Sony's going to have a big, big, um, big entrance as well with all the games that's coming out from there as well, such as uh, Kojima's Death Stranding to uh, The Last of Us Part Two, and not to mention um, Spider-Man: The Game, another Spider-Man game. Yet another Spider-Man: The Game. Hopefully, it'll be better than the last one. <laughs> uh, but yeah. yeah. We are yeah. running up against our time, so uh, uh, a reminder, we are hosting a live stream of the E3 conferences, every conference. Um, we have invited people from That's Not Canon to join us. We currently have several guests coming for Nintendo EA and the PC Gaming Show, So, uh, and we're looking for people to fill in the other positions, but we'll keep you updated for how we're planning to do things, and we will include entertainment between the shows. Company oh, yes. free, safe for oh, us playing games badly or something. We haven't decided yet. We'll get and, there. <laughs> and, we'll, and you will hear a lot of dad jokes from both of us. Just by the way, I will be carrying the DJ. <laughs> He's not any good at games, so I'll be carrying him. <laughs> that hubris is going to get me hard. <sighs> so, uh, starting from Australian Eastern Standard Time. 4 a.m. on the 10th of this month is the EA conference, followed by conferences every day for the next three days. So we'll see you then. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Join us at, let's see what's the earliest one, 2 a.m. on the 13th for Nintendo. Or even less fun, the 11th we have a 6 a.m. session and an 11.30 a.m. session. 
and uh, then oh no sorry on the 12th we have a 3 a.m session at 6 a.m and and 11 a.m it's going to be a long stream but we will be there <laughs> uh so it's gonna be so much coffee to drink this whole next few days you drink coffee Oh, yeah, yeah. I no, it's not good. Short your circuits out. <laughs> Bite my shiny metal ass. No, 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 no. no. Don't say that. I'm going to have to cu- cut that out. <laughs> Otherwise we'll get sued by Billy West. Oh, oh no. Oh, no. What's his name? <laughs> Mac Groening. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, on to our shout outs for this week. Ted Dabney, the one of the founders and creators of Atari and Pong died this week at 71 which is uh, sort of a big loss for the gaming community not that he he didn't have a huge part in it since after uh the early years when he was part of atari but a lot of the older gamers have fun memories of atari and atari is part of what got gaming into the home i agree i agree he, he's uh, and not to mention pong is the first get was the first game i think that blew the the gaming industry and took off. Yeah, it's um, not the first game, but it is one of the first mainstream games. I um, actually, let's check it out. Yeah, one of the earliest arcade video games released in 1972. Huh. Uh, according to Wikipedia, it was mostly created by Alan Alcorn. So it says in this other article that uh, Ted had part in that, which, you know, wouldn't surprise me. These early games, actually, a fun fact, they. Um, I saw a post on Reddit today of people discussing uh, Ted, and someone had posted a link to um, some pictures. Someone built a replica Pong system using the original electri- electrical schematics. Hmm. That must that must be Which fun. Really cool. I'd love to do that. So watch this space. I might actually give that a shot if I can uh, find the parts. <laughs> although it is, although I will say this is. Pretty- yeah. Ah, we lost you there. So, oh no, that's terrible. That's terrible. I'm gonna mute you for a bit there. The um, so Pong was inspired by a ping pong game on the Magnavox Odyssey, which is another quite amazing bit of tech. It's also on a fully electrical circuit thing. There's no software, but you could swap cartridges to change what contacts on the circuit were closed and change what game you could play. Anyway, our next thing is the International Gamers Day, which if the DJ is behaving, he can talk about. You're back on the air. Uh, yep. Well, I'm, okay. I'm good. I'm good. Yeah, so what's International the... Gamers Day about? So, whoop, I'm back again. <laughs> yep. So, International Gamers Day, from what I've gathered, is basically highlighting um, all the, the fun things that gamers have developed and um, played and experienced. It's just a fun day, basically. Are there any big things that happened today? Any meetups or anything? I hope there were. It was just, I think it was a twi- in a second, there was a, a, lot, a couple of libraries in, um, a couple of libraries in Australia have, have highlighted something. Um, they, didn't, they didn't say much. It was just today. It's the International Gamers Day. And, and what was it? National Day of Gamers. Oh, I hope you didn't get that wrong. Otherwise, it's going to look really <laughs> bad on you. Oh, oh trust me. Like, like, I saw I saw it somewhere. They were saying that it's the get today is the gate. Well, now I look that up. All the sources I can say say that uh, 
International Games Day is in November. Ah. So, have you screwed up horrifically? <laughs> yes, I think I need a good melting. I think I need a good meltdown. Yeah. Yeah, it is. But I, I, I swear that's what they said. It was a International Gamers Day today, so... Where did you get that idea to begin with? Ah, no, it's International Gamer Day. That's the one. Okay. I say it's International Gamer Day. Sorry. Ah, yes, there's a hashtag on... um. Yeah, hashtag on Twitter with the, yeah. the first things that come up are some interesting things. Uh, in today's International Gamer Day, today we celebrate the existence of the most oppressed demographic of people called gamers. <laughs> and the next one is, if you call yourself a gamer, you should be sent to a gulag. Oh my god. And, uh, yeah, that's... <laughs> Uh, oh, it's, oh. Wow, all of um, that. What a shocking. Wow, I don't know what's going on here. Is this a 4chan troll or something? Because <laughs> all of these are really shit, like shit posts. <laughs> uh, I hope, I hope that not. But yeah. oh, that would be hilarious uh, if it was. We'll put the um the hashtag link in the show notes so you can check out some of the shit posts yourself. <laughs> oh my god it's national game yeah. day you know i might have to do some uh, more research into this and find out where it came from uh, yeah let, let's end it <laughs> let's end all the, yeah yeah all of this is um rather odd <laughs> <laughs> uh, let, let, let's end this before we start dying out laughing <laughs> okay yes so um, we will wrap it up now. Uh, see you next week, maybe with Bucky if he finds his way home, <laughs> and probably with the the DJ. Uh, so yeah, um, just email. So email us some of your feedback about the show at nerdsamalgamated at gmail dot com. Follow us on Facebook and nerdsamalgamated. Hey, 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 that's my line. Oh, I know. <laughs> Yeah, so follow us on our thing. We have uh, we have Twitter now, don't we? Oh, well, we do have Twitter. Um, what is it called? At, at, at Nerds Amalgamated. At, oh, I'll, I'll, I'll post it up on the show notes. Okay. It'll be there. Yes, we have a uh, Twitter now, Facebook. Uh, we're on Stitcher and iTunes. Check out our merchandise. Um, and, uh, I think that's it. See you next week. Yeah. See you guys. Why does he always have to sound so seductive when he does that? <laughs> Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com.